Recovery is stupendous. Achievable. Hope. Freedom. 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 Empowering. It's unique to everyone. It's a journey, not a destination. Getting a new lease on life. Finding restoration after you fall down. Recovery is having the freedom to enjoy life. For me, it was finding a way to really love myself. My recovery is possible in part because of my own sense of purpose. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Recovery Talks Podcast. I'm Andy Daniel, and I am here with Joel Peden, who is the Advocacy Coordinator for Montana Independent Living Project. Welcome, Joel. Hi, Andy. It's a pleasure to be here today. Great. So we're going to talk a little bit about advocacy, uh, how to be an advocate for yourself or other people, especially for people with disabilities. So the first question I have is, why is it important for people with disabilities to advocate for the issues that are important to them? The key is always to remember that you are the best expert in your life. So whether you're advocating for yourself with a healthcare professional or you're up at a legislative session talking to a committee about uh, a bigger issue, you're the expert, right? Right. Other people... Other people can be there to guide you, but at the end of the day, you know, you need to decide what you need that allows you to be independent and and, and be able to make that decision for yourself. And then you have to let people know what that need is. Yeah, I think a lot of times we get involved with, you know, our primary care or whatever services and... A lot of people forget that they get to have a say in what happens, right? That you you end up with these professionals who come off as being the expert, but they don't necessarily know you. Exactly. And and we and we give them the power and they're very very smart people, right? Yeah. You know, they've gone to school, they they they've done the studying and everything like that. But, it, but as an individual, if you don't share when something isn't working, you know, they, they don't have a crystal ball. They're not just going to know that. And, and, and so it's really, it, it, it's a team effort. A lot of times, Andy, people think, well, advocating is having to be strong and having to, you know, lay down the law and this has to be changed. And, and it's really creating that that team atmosphere with the people in your life that that are there to 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 help you move along. That's a really good point. I think a lot of times we think of advocacy as like going to the legislature or giving talks or being part of big groups of people. So um, that's a really cool way to look at it. So why do you think someone, uh, or when should someone decide to put themselves forward and be an advocate? You know, I think, Andy, it is when somebody has that desire to, to take what they've learned in their experiences and to put themselves out, because, you know, when you do that, in a, in a peer relationship, right, 
you're exposing part of yourself and you're exposing some of your vulnerabilities and, and the things that you've gone through. So you have to be ready in order to do that. But, uh, you know, as you get to the point in, in your life that you're comfortable with that, and you want to be able to reach out and share and maybe help somebody else along, that's when you start advocating. And, and again, in, in that case, advocating may be you're having a cup of coffee with somebody and in the conversation they mention that they're struggling with something, right? And so by, by helping teach them how to advocate for themselves, you, you know, you, you help them grow. And Andy, then there's the, you know, the other part of, of advocating, the advocating for systems change, right? Yeah. And, and, and that, again, you know, it's an individual decision because some people want nothing to do with going up and talking into a microphone. And, you know, uh, you know, other times, you know, people embrace it and they love doing it. But it's really, how do I make life better for others by sharing with temporarily able-bodied people, right? That's right. my term, because <laughs> we're all able-bodied, right? Yeah. Um, you know, how, how do we help people understand what our life is like? How do we, how, how do we, you know, how do we get them to get a glimpse into, you know, what it, what it takes for us to accomplish what we do in a day? Because when people start to understand that, now they get to know the person and it's not just, oh, it's the disabled group, right? Yeah. They, 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 they start to hear about individuals and individual stories, and it becomes relatable. And once it becomes relatable, now the door is open to really move that systems change in a positive way. That brings to mind like the service area authorities and the local advisory councils for me that... Uh, those can be, you know, if you're ready to move into that systems change thing and you kind of want to start, I guess, at a lower level, right? You don't have to go to the legislature and talk to them about something in particular. You can go to one of those local groups or regional groups and help those uh, people understand what it's like for you. Um, a lot of times I think those groups end up they're really heavy on providers and it can be intimidating for consumers to go to those. You, you bet it can, Andy. And it's important that, that we as people with disabilities have a seat at the table. Uh, a wise old politician once told me, if you're not at the table, you're probably on the menu. <laughs> and, and, um, you know, and, and to have that and to have that voice, uh, and it doesn't even have to be about disability issues, right? I encourage people, if somebody has a passion for the outdoors and parks, just about every local city or county as one of their citizen advocate groups has a parks commission. 
you know, and and it's important to have the disability voice on the Parks Commission um, because when you don't, now people without disabilities are making decisions for people with disabilities. And as good intentioned as those temporarily able-bodied people like to be, sometimes they forget the little things. Just as an example, here in Helena this summer, the Parks Department has done a remodel of a children's playground in my neighborhood. And I watched them build this all summer long. And I watched them building this retaining wall, right, around it to make it look pretty and, yeah. and, and help hold it up. And, and I'm watching this, you know, I walk by it every day when I take the dog out for a walk. And I keep saying to myself, it's like, well, they're going to put an accessible entrance in there because they should know better. I know they are. And, you know, and I didn't say anything at the time. They finished the project, and it's this beautiful playground with a nice surface to it for somebody to roll around in a wheelchair. But it's a foot drop from the top of their <laughs> training wall down to the playground, right? All the way around. There's there's no way somebody can get in. So, you know, you know, even those of us that have done this for a while sometimes miss the right opportunity. So then I had to call the parks manager for the city of Helena and explain to him, you know, <laughs> what they forgot about and and that type of thing. So, you know, you know, I just tell people, don't be afraid to speak up because what is everyday uh, knowledge for you isn't at the top of everybody's mind. And that's what advocacy is. It's helping to raise that awareness. And a lot of times I feel like people, people can sort of, like you said, that the surface was good for people in wheelchairs, right? And so sometimes when people think of disabilities, I think that's mostly what they're thinking about is people with mobility issues and is it wheelchair accessible or, or something like that. I think it's really, it's much harder for people to, uh, for those temporarily able-bodied people to really think about the disabilities that you can't see. Right. And it, it is. And you know, you know, is there, you know, is there quiet space available? You know, is it, you know, you know, how inclusive can you make it? And 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 here's the key, right? There's, you know, the 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 ADA and all those codes that go along with it spell out what the minimum requirements are for accessibility. And at the end of the day, that's the worst that you can do, right? Yeah. You know, so, so I, I always tell elected officials, you know, hey, if that's, if, you know, if that's the worst that you want to do, I mean, I guess that's your prerogative, but, you know, let, let's try to do a little better than, you know, than the, you know, than, than, than the worst thing that we can accomplish. And, um, you know, and let's improve on it and let's, let's make it better because when somebody advocates for change for any disability, it makes it better for everybody. Yeah, it brings it to the forefront. If you address one thing, I think it, it helps people see that there are other things. I I just sort of went through this. I work for a theater company along with uh, my work with the Peer Network. And uh, we just went through a process of 
well, we're wheelchair accessible, so, you know, that's all we have to do. Well, no, we need to have large print programs and we need to get an assistive listening system and we need to have earplugs available for people if there are loud noises. And it's just something that we didn't think about until somebody mentioned it to us. No, exactly, exactly. And... You know, as we, you know, when you talk about, you know, how, you know, how's the best way to be effective? What's the best way to, uh, you know, to, to do that? And you, you get two choices, right? You can stand and you can jump up and down and yell and scream and be angry. And sometimes you have to do that, right? Yeah. Um, but most of the time, if you take the time and explain, Beyond, you know, it's like, okay, you know, why is this important? And it's just the fact that, you know what, somebody's, some, somebody doesn't think of that. And uh, like you just said, that you, that, that you guys found out, you know, in, in, in the theater work that you do, that there, that there are lots of other things, lots of disabilities. And, there, and, and that knowledge needs to continue to grow, right? Because as society becomes becomes more open and inclusive and accepting of people with disabilities and, and, and people become less ashamed, especially with some of the non you know, the, the, the non-apparent disabilities and, you know, and, and maybe it's a behavioral health type of a thing. And as people start to share and ask for those accommodations, it sheds even a brighter light on it. And, and, and it really exposes that to, you know, the, the social change that we need to make sure is happening in our communities as well. So you talked about so sometimes you do have to jump up and down and shout, but what do you think are the most effective ways or the best ways to be effective in advocacy? So, you know, I, I, I always take it in stages, right? Um, you know, uh, uh, you know, I always call the first few times and be nice. And then there's kind of like that. If, if you don't get any response, it's like, man, I'm really, you know, I'm, I'm really disappointed in, 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 in the reaction that I'm seeing here. And I don't quite understand it. Can, you know, can, can you explain, you know, your, your reaction at this point? Then it gets to the point. It's like, you know what, I need to file, if, if it's an access issue, you know, I, I need to file a, a formal complaint with that organization or to take it to the next level, I need to file a, an ADA complaint with the Department of Justice. And, you know, then you get the big one is, you know what, I need to sue them. And different things caught, you know, Different things evoke different causes, uh, and I, I let me let me give you an example, Andy. I was I was traveling. I was in Dallas, Texas earlier this summer, and uh, I was actually at a a national ADA symposium. And the hotel that I was staying at, I chose that hotel because they advertised that they had free airport shuttles for their guests and free airport transportation 
within five miles of the hotel. Well, I, I use a power wheelchair, okay? And so transportation is important to me. So when I called them about two weeks before I was to arrive to let them know that I needed an accessible van, their response was, well, we can't accommodate that because our van's not accessible. So I tried to educate. I right. said, you know, look, according to the Americans with Disabilities Act, you know, this is non-negotiable. You are required. If you provide a free ride to all your other guests, you can't deny me a free ride just because I use a wheelchair. That's discrimination. And they were like, no, there's nothing we can do. So when I called corporate Marriott, right, mm-hmm. and went, went through the same thing to no, to no avail. So I go to Dallas. I attend the conference. I roll back and forth about four miles between my hotel and the conference hotel. My wife, however, who is accompanying me, gets to take the air-conditioned van. <laughs> right? She doesn't need a wheelchair. And, um, and so she gets to that back and forth. You know, and and so as I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do, the, the net result is is that um, you know I had to hire an attorney, and the attorney takes a look at this and is like, "Man, this you know this could easily become a class action lawsuit because I'll guarantee you're not the only person that this is affected, and this isn't the only hotel that it's at." And and so you know, as as we talk about that strategy. It's not, you know, I can't go back and change my trip and, and, and change what happened there. But I need to advocate for other people in the future that maybe don't know what their rights are and they don't understand what their rights are and they get discriminated. So, you know, sometimes, you know, this is going to be a case where we advocate for big change on a national basis. And we'll see what happens. If somebody is is in that kind of a situation and and they feel like they need to do something but don't know how to, uh, are there resources in Montana that can help you sort of navigate that system? Yes, there are. Um, so the first thing I would do there's an org- there's an organization and it's called um, Disability Rights Montana, and Disability Rights is a legal organization. They receive federal funding, and their sole goal is to uh, assist people and to be able to give information when it comes to um, when when it, when, it, when it comes to discrimination and such against somebody who has a disability. Um, you know, and they are lawyers, and sometimes they do take a case themselves. You know, and, and so that may or may not happen, depending on what they have going on. But what they can do is, number one, they can listen. Number two, they can they can offer some advice, let you know it's like, yeah, you 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 know, this is a discriminate. You know, you've been discriminated against. And then they can also help you lay out a little bit of a strategy. And um, and then at that point, it's trying to find a, uh, you know, an attorney who's willing to take on a discrimination case and and, and file that for you. You can also file your own, Um, you know, you can do that if somebody feels, uh, 
you know, able, you know, able to do that. But I always recommend Disability Rights Montana is a great place to start. You can also call your local independent living center. So there are four independent living centers throughout the state. There's uh, Montana Independent Living Project, who I work for, and we have offices in Helena, Bozeman, and Butte. Living independently for today and tomorrow is uh, over in Billings, uh, North Central Independent Living Center up in the Great Falls area, and Summit Independent Living Center is over in the Missoula area in western Montana. And they may have some local contacts for for people as well. Yeah, I think the one living independently for today and tomorrow covers a good chunk of eastern Montana. That's some really good information to have. One more thing. What what advice do you have for someone who's who thinks they're ready to start advocating but you know is not ready to go talk to the legislature? So what I what I would suggest, and again, I'm going to come back to the independent living centers, right? That's part of our, you know, one of our core service is systems and social change, which is what advocacy is all about. But if you can find an organization like that, you know, it, it, it may be one of the local advisory councils or, again, you know, the, the independent living center that serves your area call and talk to them and to just say, hey, I'm interested in becoming a, a strong advocate. You know, do you have somebody that I can that, that I can talk with? And it's always good if you can find a little bit of a mentor to help you along the way because advocacy has its up and downs. Just when you think you're making progress, somebody, so, somebody pours water on your campfire and, you know, you, you can't make a s'more. And you have to start over again, and that can be frustrating at times. So, here's where I always, you know, one of the things that I that I tell people: there's enough struggles for people with disabilities, and if we don't advocate for ourselves, and we're not active in our community doing that, and we're not taking ownership of that, how bad would it be? So, every little piece that you can do is going to have a positive effect and move the bar forward. You know, you just, at some point you just kind of say, okay, here I go. And I'm going to, I'm going to share what I know and don't wait, you know, don't feel like you have to know all the answers. Wonderful. It's been great talking to you today, Joel. We're about out of time. Thank you again. And uh, we will uh, include some of these resources in the description under the podcast uh, and also on our website. So if you're interested in getting involved in advocacy, you can check those things out. We'll hopefully send some people your way to work on some advocacy stuff. That would be great, Andy. And, and thanks so much for what you guys do. Thanks for joining us for another Recovery Talks podcast and we will see you next time recovery works and recovery is possible recovery works and recovery is possible recovery works recovery is possible recovery is possible (laughs) recovery works and recovery is possible recovery works and recovery is possible recovery works and recovery is possible recovery is possible